The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post brand studio. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning from Indian Wells, California. I'm James Hellman from the Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, January 29th. In today's news, new details about what's in that memo House Republicans want to release. Republican lawmakers in six states are moving to expand Medicaid with strings attached. And a GPS company accidentally reveals the location of top-secret U.S. military installations. But first, the big idea. The Koch brothers have gotten on board the Trump train and learned to thrive under a president they viewed with fear. After pointedly declining to support Donald Trump during the 2016 campaign, billionaire industrialists Charles and David Koch and their network of conservative donors are pragmatically embracing pieces of the administration's policy agenda. This new strategy was on vivid display here this weekend at a resort in the desert outside Palm Springs, where more than 500 megadonors who each contribute at least $100,000 annually to Koch-linked groups gathered for a twice-annual seminar. The leaders of the network now go out of their way to heap praise on Trump on areas where they agree, from tax cuts to deregulation and judicial nominations. And when they disagree, network officials now tread carefully to downplay divisions and avoid antagonizing the thin-skinned president. Those areas of disagreement include issues like supporting free trade, advocating more open borders, and opposing deficit spending. This approach, which is a stark contrast to previous seminars, is giving Koch officials a seat at the table, entree to the White House that they hope will allow them to shape Trump's approach on issues like immigration and infrastructure in 2018. Tim Phillips, president of Americans for Prosperity, the network's main advocacy arm, says that 2017 was the most productive year in the existence of the Koch network at the federal level. They got a lot, a lot under the radar, too, that we don't fully appreciate. He praised Trump's staff for involving the network in talks from day one about what a tax code overhaul might look like. In the coming year, as the network looks to further influence federal policy, it's now moving to sales mode. It's increasingly focused on protecting GOP majorities in the House and Senate that it has spent hundreds of millions of dollars over the past decade to secure. In all, Coke-aligned groups plan to spend between $300 million and $400 million on politics and policy in the 2018 cycle. Officials tell me it will likely be closer to $400 million and could be more. That's up from $250 million on politics in the 2016 elections. During a cocktail reception here at dusk on Saturday night, the 82-year-old Charles Koch described his collaboration philosophy as being willing to work with anyone, even if they agree on only one issue. We have followed and, and increasingly followed the philosophy that made Frederick Douglass such an effective social change entrepreneur. And that is, as he put it, to unite with anybody to do right and no one to do wrong. This approach has meant seizing on small victories. For example, one of the network's top priorities has been an overhaul of the criminal justice system. For the past several years, leaders of the group have pushed to roll back mandatory minimum sentencing laws and stiffen the burden of proof for the government to put people in prison. Their effort looked doomed when Trump ran as a law and order candidate and appointed Jeff Sessions as attorney general. When he was in the Senate, Sessions was the single biggest opponent of such reforms. Indeed, 
As AG, Sessions has ordered U.S. attorneys to prosecute crimes to the fullest extent of the law. But rather than loudly criticize Sessions in public, the network has sought out common ground and sympathetic allies inside the administration. It decided to focus on pushing legislation and programs to help convicts re-enter society, in part because network officials believe they have persuaded Sessions and Trump to support those incremental efforts. One of the sympathetic allies that they found is the president's son-in-law, Jared Kushner. The general counsel of Koch Industries' Mark Holden said he has spent the past seven months talking about prisoner reentry with Kushner. Holden was once a corrections officer as a young man, and Kushner's father was sentenced to two years in prison in 2005 after being convicted on federal charges of tax evasion, witness tampering, and making illegal donations. Holden told me in an interview that that experience informed Kushner. As he said, quote, how could it not? He talks about it all the time. He's as passionate as I am. This kind of pragmatism will now guide the Koch Network's approach to a host of other issues. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Republicans loyal to Donald Trump may be trying to use Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein's decision to authorize surveillance on Trump campaign associate Carter Page as evidence to argue that the Russia investigation was tainted. The Justice Department reportedly had reason to believe that Page was acting as a Russian agent, though he has steadfastly denied any wrongdoing. The incident is highlighted in the so-called Nunez memo that House Republican staffers have written and are pushing to release publicly as part of a broader campaign to raise questions about the FBI's Russia investigation. Trump has made clear he wants this memo released, but the Justice Department has warned that putting it out would be, quote, extraordinarily reckless. The decision to release the memo ultimately lies with Congress. Number two, Republican lawmakers in six states are launching fresh bids to expand Medicaid. These lawmakers who previously opposed Medicaid expansion say they're now supporting it because the Trump administration is allowing states to impose a requirement that program recipients must work in order to get benefits. These work requirements would broaden the program's reach into red states with decidedly conservative bents. The effort could make hundreds of thousands of Americans newly eligible for health coverage, but it could also result in some current beneficiaries being kicked out of the program. Number three, a GPS company is facing blowback after it published location information about its users that revealed where U.S. soldiers are in some of the most sensitive hotspots around the world. The company is used on fitness devices like Fitbit. The company published a global heat map that showed where its users are using the product. In war zones and desert countries like Iraq and Syria, the map is almost dark except for pinpricks of light that happen to be the locations of known and unknown military bases. This could open those bases up for attack. The map was published back in November, but no one noticed until this weekend. As a result of the revelations, the U.S.-led coalition against the Islamic State announced today that it is revising its guidelines on the use of all wireless and technological devices on military facilities to prevent anything like this from happening again. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, January 29th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.